You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information about Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join Pastor David Hilton for this week's message. Amen. Hallelujah. If you got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 4. And uh, we're going to talk about settling it. And the thing about settling it is everything changed. 2020, everything changed. And that what changed was, is we actually seen the condition of our culture in America. That's what changed. It had always been there. And it had been making that way, that, that progression. And it's just the church is just now waking up to the fact that we've been behind. And uh, so everything changed by the fact that the layers have been peeled back so that we can see the condition of what's going on. And another thing that you're going to have to settle is God's in control. You just got to settle that. You know, because right now everything looks like it's out of control. But God's in control. Listen, COVID-19 did not take God by surprise. It never did. Never knocked him off the throne. He's, he's still in control. Listen, the cheating in the election did not take him by surprise. Yeah. <laughs> it just did not. You know, God's not up there wringing his hands wondering what, how he's going to pull this off. That's not what's going on. You know, God's in control. And nothing you got to settle is he loves you. He loves you no matter what's going on. So going forward... From here on out, Christianity is going to be facing some changes. But the good thing about these changes is it's going to usher in one of the greatest moves of God I believe we have ever seen. Yes. And so they're good changes for the church. And, uh, most, and the sad thing is most religious folks aren't going, aren't going, they're going to miss out. They're just not going to see it. and Because uh, they're going to be still stuck in their traditions and their doctrines and their uh, old religious mindsets and they're just going to miss it. And they're just not going to believe that's God. But here, here's what I'm going to tell you is is that every move of God never looks like what you think it's going to look like. It's, it's just not going to look like what you think God's going to... He's going to use the people that you didn't think He was going to use. Case in point, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? The least likely to ever pastor a church, here it is. Who would have ever thought? I, my algebra teacher said, you're not going to amount to anything. That's how bad it was in high school. But who would have ever thought? So it, it, a move of God may not look like what we think it's going to look like with hanging revival and having a week of revival. No, it's not what it's going to look like. It's going to look like the church outside these walls doing some amazing things. And the reason I'm saying we're seeing, going to see this move is because uh, correction and order is going to come back to the church. And when correction and order move in and we get in right alignment, then what happens is God, the presence of God moves in and then business picks up. Because see, God's going to bring that correction and order before he steps in and says, okay, I'm here. God's, God is going to correct and order things. He's not just going to step in the middle of a mess and say, and take over. No, he's going to correct and bring order and then say, here's what we're going to do. Come on, are y'all with me? And then that way people go, that's God. And there's no missing it because what's going to happen when truth moves in, it starts, it, it, it does some funny things. Truth will bring life, but it may offend you first. Man, y'all got to get that. See, Jesus said, I'm the way through the truth to life. He didn't say through, but that's what you do. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And to go that way, you're going to have to walk through the truth to get to life. And let me tell you something. There's a lot of shaking going on. And it's truth that we've been a mess. Right? But let me tell you, if we're willing to follow, no matter how crazy it looks, 
I'm telling you, you'll see things that you've never understood could even, that you could even do. Look in Luke chapter 4. Jesus is going public with his message. And, uh, and let me tell you something. He's going public again. You know, and uh, in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, and Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. News about him spread through all the surrounding districts, and he began teaching in their synagogue and was praised by all. And I, and I can just tell you, that's a scary place to be. Because people will praise you, but then it won't be long, they're not going to be singing your praises. And Jesus didn't hang his hat on that anyway. Verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. Now, here's, he just come out of the wilderness, right? 40 days, 40 nights, being tempted by the devil. And he comes out. He's got the, in the power of the Holy Spirit's on him. And he walks into the synagogue as his custom and he begins to teach. And the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and he opened the book and found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. In other words, the power of the spirit is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set free those who are downtrodden to proclaim the favorable, favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed upon him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And so I'm sitting there and I'm reading this and I'm thinking, wait a minute, that's not all of the prophecy. Jesus comes in out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit that's on him and then he begins to give a laundry list of what we struggle with. He begins to say, I'm here to fix what you're struggling with. I'm here to bind up the brokenhearted. I'm here to heal the sick. I'm here to proclaim release to the captives. In other words, I'm your healer, I'm your deliverer, and I'm your redeemer. I am here. This is fulfilled. And I'm thinking, man, that's awesome. But that ain't the rest of the prophecy. And then look what he says. He closes the book and, and gives it back to the attendant for him to put up. And he tells them this has been fulfilled. Verse 22, and all were speaking well of him at the moment and wondering at the gracious words which were falling from his lips. <laughs> That's so good, ain't it? Listen, and here's the deal. And I'm thinking at this point, you know, Luke was actually the only non-Jewish uh, person to ever write in the New Testament. He was the only non-Jew. He wasn't even Jew. He was a physician of, of, that Paul had been telling stuff about. And so I'm thinking at first, wait a minute. He just didn't know the rest of the prophecy, so he didn't write it down. But that's not the case. What he's, he, Jesus said, I've come to fulfill this part. To bind up the brokenhearted. Look, let's, let, let me finish here. And all speaking well of him and wondering at the gracious words which were falling from his lips. And they were saying, is this not Joseph's son? Uh-oh. Unbelief is creeping in. And he said to them, no doubt, you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we heard was done at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. In other words, we've been hearing what's been going on. 
but aren't you just the son of Joseph? Aren't you just the carpenter? How can this be? You're just a common, ordinary, we're familiar with you. We've seen you grow up around here. Let me tell you something. That's why we're in the shaking that we're in, is to shake us out of comfortable with familiarity. Because Jesus did those miracles and healed the people, the lepers, and all of that to help your belief system. Oh, come on now. See, and for, for hundreds of years now, we've been having a whole generation of where's the God that parted the Red Sea? Where's the God that heals the sick? Where's the God that raises the dead? Where's the God? So we got all this unbelief at work. Come on. And we get so comfortable with the familiarity of the, the pastor and, and of the uh, teachers and in our... Why? What's he doing? Come on. And we let doubt and we let unbelief creep in to the point where Jesus said, look what he, look what he goes on to say. He says, truly I say to you, no prophet is welcome in his hometown. In other words, sometimes that familiarity and unbelief keeps you from receiving this move of God that I'm wanting to do in your life. See, and then we start building these walls up around our traditions and our doctrines and we don't, we, we don't see, come on, that God that says nothing is impossible because we let our doctrines tell us, well, the apostles, they, they died out and all that died out with them. Come on, is anybody in here? Listen, here's what I'm telling you. This year, do not start this year off the same way you started every other year off. Start your first praise and worship session off radical. Don't leave here and let this word fall on stony ground where the enemy can come. Do something different. Take a note. Do, write it down. Chew on this. Start this year. The beginning of this year, how you start this year is going to set the tone for the rest of the year. And you're going to have to settle that here today. Is God God? Is God in control? Can God do the impossible? Can he do my fight? Keep me... In the healed in the midst of a pandemic, can he make my finance whether I get a stimulus check or not? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Come on. Can God still move in my life? Even if I sow, even if I tithe, even if I do something that I'm come on. How are you gonna sow? How are you gonna what what are you speaking? What what Come on. But I say to you, in truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was shut up for three years and six months when a great famine came over all the land and yet Elijah was sent to none of them but only to Seraphath in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. Listen, Jesus is bringing some truth here, and he's saying Elijah went to a woman, and listen, where she was at was a place of process. It was a smelting pot where they... Uh, fired up silver and gold and made jewelry and refinement. It's a place of refinement. What he's saying is, is when order and correction comes, you, it's going to be in refinement. Correction, order. Listen, there's a refining coming. Are we going to receive it? And then he sends, he says, uh, there was a lot of lepers, but Naaman was here. Listen, this guy was just, a, he was a heathen. And yet God healed him. See, it may not look like what you think it's going to look like. It may be in a whole group of people that you don't even understand. God still moved. 
I like this next part. And all in the synagogue were filled with rage. <laughs> they went from hanging on the gracious words that were coming off his lips and just in awe of this Joseph, this carpenter's son, and they were just all in awe and just, oh, giving him his praise. And next thing you know, they are filled with rage, fixing to take him out of town, throw him off cliff. And that's when it hit me. That's why the rest of the prophecy wasn't said. Look in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. This is what Isaiah says. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted, sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to prisoners, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. This has been fulfilled. That's what Jesus said. But that wasn't the rest. Then it says, and the day of vengeance of our God. And I'm thinking, Luke, why didn't you put the rest of that in there? Because the day of vengeance isn't done. Oh, man. Oh, but God's a loving God. God's a merciful God. God is, come on, y'all hearing me? Let me tell you the one thing that we have forgotten in America, the fear of the Lord. Every man of God that has stumbled and fell and been thrown in jail and committed adultery and wrecked the church, they love God. You make no mistakes about it. They love God. They forgot to fear Him. Come on. That's always out there. The day of vengeance of God is not yet. That's in the book of Revelations. That's at the great white throne judgment. That's it. But listen, we are living in a fallen society that is going on around us all the time. Jesus fulfilled the prophecy that he's here to fix that brokenness. Even if the day of vengeance is still going on. Listen, the word of God is a plumb line for us to live by. This right here is what tells us how. This is your owner's manual to life. It's just like that manual that's in your glove box for your vehicle that tells you the owner's manual, the manufacturer, the, uh, how it's put together, where you need to go for what part. It's a, it's a whole, that, every nut and bolt and... Come on. This is that. This book is a manual to life. And it is the plumb line. It is the mirror that we, our lives should be reflecting. Even in the midst of all the chaos that's going on around us. And the reason it's supposed to be reflecting off of us is so that others can see it and go, wow, that's life. No matter how bad they reject it. See, there's just a lot of sloppy living right now. People are living sloppy right now, totally against the word. And let me tell you something. What's happening is, is what they don't know is all that living and all the things they've been speaking and all the things they've been doing, it's starting to yield a harvest. This year, some of us may need to start praying for crop failure <laughs> on some bad seed. Listen, bad seed can't produce good fruit. Amen. I don't care how you're living and saying, I love God. Come on. See, that's what people get so mad about Jesus. Because Jesus wants to get to the heart of the problem. The heart of what's going to come to harvest in your life. Because the day of vengeance is still out there. Come on, man. That's good stuff. Jesus, when he went public, fulfilled all that. Listen, the favor is acceptable, good pleasure, delight. That's what the favor, listen, what did, what did uh, the angel show up and tell Mary? 
held, O favored one, right? You've been chosen to carry the Son of God, which whom God, he said, look what it says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Settle that right now here today. Doesn't matter how you've lived in the past. He, he, listen, he steps in your past of shame and fills it with grace. Let me tell you something. That, that line and that lyric breaks me down because I know where I come from. And I'm telling you when, you, when God steps into your past and fills it with grace, oh, man, that's humbling, y'all, because he's, why? Because Jesus fulfilled the favorable year of the Lord. Isn't that good? Lorraine, oh, ex-gangbanger. She said, <laughs> when Lorraine says she'll stab you, she'll stab you. <laughs> Come on. God steps into our past. But let me tell you something. If we don't receive and accept, then we're still in that where those bad seeds can come to harvest. Come on, does that make sense? So we are in the favorable. See, and that was the first announcement. How awesome is that? God is well pleased that you're in a favorable year. That, I mean, come on. We don't have to sit there and be beat over the head with the Bible to receive and accept it. That's not the gospel. It's to beat you over the head and tell you how sorry you are. When God showed up to tell you how favored you are. Come on, man. Are y'all with me? Favor ain't fair. And so when we're in the midst of a pandemic and everybody's losing their mind and we're over here with our minds, I'm sorry, favor ain't fair. <laughs> right? <laughs> Vengeance is a quarrel. It's punishment. See, when we believe and accept why Jesus came, then we get in right alignment with the kingdom. And that's what we have to, that's why he said repent. Because we repent and we get in right alignment and then we can walk on. And we can walk on in the favor of the Lord. But we have to stay in that right alignment. John 3, 18 says, He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already. Because he has not believed in the name of the Lord in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Listen, this is so simple. The devil throwed a curveball in there, and now everybody said, oh, you can't judge me. You're right, we can't, but we are fruit inspectors. And you ain't got no fruit. You just a mess. <laughs> right? It's just a mess. But what... And the reason we're fruit inspectors is because the word of God, come on, we're not condemning you for being a mess. We're just telling you how to get fixed. Come on. We're, we're, we're telling you how to live life without the drama, without being on the Kardashians, without, come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Or being one of the housewives, a new housewives show comes on and they're, you know, they're all plastic. I'm there, you've never seen so much Botox and plastic in all your life is on the, one of them real housewives. No, thank you. I don't need that. I need a helpmate. Come on, y'all have no idea. My helpmate spends countless hours digging to pour into your kids. Countless hours to pour into your kids. To see that what our ministry is doing is going forward to keep me in check. <laughs> 
Come on, are y'all hearing me? Come on, I need a real housewife. <laughs> oh, man. But he who's not believed, see, he's already been judged. And that's the problem with what Jesus was saying is, is that I'm going to do these things to help your unbelief, but if you can't receive that I am he. See, Jesus did those things, and we have to figure out that we need to be reflecting the kingdom to help people's unbelief. Come on. So this move of God that's coming is liable to be something where you're doing things you don't even understand. I mean, let me tell you something. The first time you lay hands on somebody in the bread aisle and they're healed, revival's going to break out in a piggly wiggly. Huh? And there's going to be a lot of folks that understand, wow, God is in control. God is here. Come on, y'all with me? John 12, 47. And if anyone hears my saying and does not keep them, I do not judge him. Come on. See, that's where the church is screwed up. We, don't, we think just because they don't receive what we say, we condemn them to hell. Listen, you didn't just get saved overnight. How many days did you sit in church and were drugged to church and refused? Come on. Come on, we didn't just receive it all. You know. Listen, God wants to build a relationship with you whether you accept it right off the bat or not. God's willing to go the distance with you until you get it. Man, but the church ain't figured out how to do that. We ain't figured out how to love those who are just not ready to accept it yet. Come on, man. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You may have to build a relationship with that person you're working with or your neighbor. You know, how many times you and your neighbor been cussing each other? Huh? <laughs> right? Listen, if anyone hears my saying and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come into, to, the, to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge. And so we're like going, wait, wait a minute, you said you didn't judge, but no, the words I speak because Jesus said, I don't speak anything unless I hear it from the Father, right? So God's word comes to show us how to live in right alignment with him and that's the plumb line that we're to adhere to. And that's what keeps us in right alignment is knowing what the word says. So this year may be a year that we really have to dig and see what that word says and not just take my word for it. Come on. So we need to know what it says. Listen, we live in a culture that is slowly taking consequences for bad behavior and swapped it for choice and preference. And so what we have is we have a whole generation that knows nothing about sowing and reaping because it's choice and preference. And so we don't understand that the very words that we speak are really seeds that we're sowing. Come on. Listen, Galatians 6, verse 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not, I tell you what, we better turn there because you're going to want to see this. Galatians 6, verse 7 says, do not, be, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. In whatever a man sows, whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Listen, we, we do. We sow, we tithe, and we sow. But what we say is also become seeds that are sown. If you're always negative, guess what's going to happen? You're just going to always be negative. 
So we need to start speaking life. Lord, I thank you that my body's healed. Lord, I thank you that my finances are healed. Lord, I thank you. Listen, you don't have to see it. You don't even have to believe it at first. You just need to keep saying it, keep speaking it until you see it. That's faith. Come on. I'm telling you, you can't imagine how many times in life you're going to have to rear up on your faith and you're in the midst of adversity, in the midst of fire, in the midst of lions, in the midst of everything going wrong, in the midst of everybody telling you what you can't do and you're going to have to rear up on your faith and say, this is what's fixing to happen. Ain't that right, Miss Laurie? Come on. You're just going to have to rear up on your faith. And start speaking it until you see it. Come on, let God handle. Listen, our job is so simple. Our job is the duty, God's is the outcome. Do not be deceived. For the one who sows in his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. How simple is that? So let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we shall reap if we do not grow weary. And that's what the enemy is trying to do right now. Well, I have been good to my neighbor. I quit cussing him a month ago. (laughs) Well, guess what? You may have to quit cussing him for about a year. (laughs) Right? And so, I mean, don't grow weary in doing good at times. Listen, and it may look, he may get worse. (laughs) But you just keep speaking life and you watch what happens. I'm telling you, it'll slowly, God will bring it around. But you just keep sowing life. See, if you sow to the flesh, that sorry sucker next door, I'm telling you, if he blows his leaves over into my yard one more time, <laughs> if his dog craps in my yard one more time, <laughs> come on. We've been there. Come on. See, there's going to always be things among us that are just sowing bad seeds. But that don't affect you one bit. Are y'all with me? That doesn't affect us one bit. We're going to keep sowing good seed. See, the word is the plumb line, and that's what we go by. Not, what our, not the situation, circumstances, everything, political, government. Listen, no, that's all fleshly. That doesn't affect us one bit. Matthew 13, 24. I like this. This tells you God's in control. He presented another parable to them saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men were sleeping, his enemy came in and sowed tares also among the wheat and went away. But when the wheat sprang up and bore grain, Then the tares became evident also. And the slaves of the landowner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. And the slaves said to him, Do you want us us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you are gathering up tares, You may root up the wheat with them. Allow both to grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say say to the reapers, first gather up the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them up, but gather the wheat into my barn. This is where we're at. The church has been asleep and the enemy's been sowing tares even in the church. Come on. This is where we're at. We're at a time where we're waking up to the fact there's tares among us. Come on, man. And God says, hey, 
I ain't worried about all that. Religious folks are just going to be religious folks and there ain't nothing you can do about that. You just keep doing what you're doing. You keep growing and you keep getting ready to bear harvest. Come on. And everything else will take care of itself. I'll do that. Your job is just to grow and come on, be fruitful. And you just keep going forward. And that's where we're at in Christianity because let me tell you something, we're coming out of a slumber here in America in the church and we're realizing, hey man, we kind of messed up a little bit. And God's bringing correction and order, but let me tell you something, that's still going to be among us. Listen, there's always going to be flesh even in the midst of a move of God. There's always going to be doubt and unbelief. Come on. And, and you're just going to have to keep going. And you'll have to sort through that. And you'll have to look at the fruit that it's bearing. That's, that's the plumb line. What kind of, is this producing life? Come on. Is this producing life? Do y'all know how many people have told us at DCC we're doing this all wrong? Y'all are a group of misfits, jacked up. I'm sure they've even called us a cult somewhere. <laughs> they don't even invite me to the pastor functions anymore. That's how messed up y'all are. <laughs> right? <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the family. Crummy family. <laughs> Look in 2 Corinthians 11. I know, it, and it's probably going to get wilder too. I kind of like wild myself, to be honest. I mean, heck, far. Growing up, church was boring to me. The last 16, 17 years, it's been anything but boring, huh, Holmes? <laughs> yeah listen right here Paul's having to deal with some things and, and Paul steps back for a minute and, and he's because what, what, what he's dealing with is some guys that are uh, calling themselves like super apostles and they're looking at and, and, and the people in the Corinth these super apostles move in and they're just discrediting, trying to discredit Paul. And they're over there in all their phylacteries and their religious robes and they're all in their pious religious business. And Paul, he comes in and here's what he says in verse 13. He says, For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. See, they were trying to impose their views on these Corinths because they were embarrassed that they weren't being circumcised. Come on. They were embarrassed because they weren't living up to the old law. Come on. We get a lot of that. We get a lot of that. You come to our church. You join this church. Everybody vote. I. Who, who did that? I mean, I've never seen Jesus say, okay, do we accept them or not? I mean, if they knew us, they'd have never voted us in the church. I mean, come on. We partied on the weekends. We went to church on Sundays. Amen, <laughs> Lorraine. Amen. <laughs> you doggy. But here's what Paul says. <laughs> kind of took a detour there. He said, and no wonder for, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Hmm. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness whose ends shall be according to their deeds. 
And again, I say, let no one think me foolish. But if you do, receive me even as foolish that I also may boast a little. <laughs> that which I'm speaking, I am not speaking as the Lord would be, but as in foolishness. In other words, I'm going to speak to you in flesh here a minute. And I'm going to just show you something. Since many boast according to the flesh, I will boast also. For you being so wise, bear with the foolish gladly. For you bear with anyone if, anyone if he enslaves you, if he devours you, if he takes advantage of you, if he exalts himself, if he hits you in the face. To my shame, I must say that we have been weak by comparison. In other words, these people were beating them over the head with the Bible to make members. Because they wanted to put the plaque on the wall of how many people showed up, how many people got saved, how many people were in Sunday school. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? This has gone on for years in America. A Christian nation. Paul's saying, I've got a few things I need to say about this. And here's what's crazy. And this is what I wanted to show you. And they Hebrews, so am I. Verse 22. Are, are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane. I more so in far more labors. Listen, Paul's saying, they're saying all this stuff and it's really bothering Paul that he's having to get in the flesh here and tell them so that they can hear what he's got to say. So that he can make sense. Look, he's, he, in other words, he's saying, let's look at the fruit here. Let's look at the harvest of what's going on. They've been heaping more law on you, been heaping more tradition on you, trying to get you, come on, Paul says, man, I'm speaking like it's, it's insane. I'm more so in more, far more labors and far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night, a day I've spent in the deep. I have been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in wilderness, dangers in the sea, dangers among false brethren. I've been in labor and in hardship through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst often without food and cold and exposure. Apart from such external things there is the daily pressure upon me of concern for all the churches. Paul is saying let me tell you something. My heart's in the right spot. Just because I've been in shipwrecks, just because I've been beaten, just because, let me tell you something, I've remained faithful to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I don't care what's going on around me, He has always came through for me. I don't know, it doesn't matter what happens to this body, God's still faithful and the message of the kingdom has always gotten out and people were healed, people were set free and delivered because that was fulfilled when he came. Now, yes, we are still in the day of vengeance and some of that has affected me personally, but it's never changed the message of the gospel, of the good news that the King of Kings came and healed and delivered. That never changes. And let me tell you, we're going to set this new year off right. We're going to praise like we've, it's our last praise. And the things that we start saying out of our mouth are going to be lined up with this word. No matter what's going on around us, no matter the imprisonments, the shipwrecks, no matter, come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? 
your business will survive. Your kids will come to the Lord. Your finances, you will be debt free. God will put your house back together. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? Because he's God and he fulfilled the favorable year of the Lord. Come on, y'all stand. Listen, you are in a room by yourself with one person, Jesus, standing before you. Come on, we're going to praise. We're going to worship him like it's our last and like he's the only one in the room. We're going to set 2021. We're going to settle it today that God's in control. That God's in control and that he loves me. That he loves me. Because he came and declared the favorable year of the Lord. Regardless of what people say about you, regardless of what you've done in the past, regardless, you are favored by God. And he wants to use you like you can't even imagine. We just got to get a hold of this tongue. We got to get a hold of it. What does James say? Listen, Proverbs 18, 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Come on. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. How powerful is that? What are you speaking? What are you speaking to those mountains? What are you speaking to those giants? James 3, 4 says, Behold the ships also, though they are so great and driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder. That's your tongue. The tongue is directing your journey. Your tongue is guiding the, the direction of where you're going. See, the question is, who's piloting the ship? Is the Holy Spirit, have you gone through that wilderness part and have you, are you going to allow the Holy Spirit, come on, to be the director of where your ship goes? where your journey goes. What are you thanking God for? What are you thanking God for? Is the word of God directing your ship or is it pride and ego that are keeping your ship always tossed about? Come on, man. Is your flesh and your feelings running wild? See, as ambassadors going forward, the seeds that we sow are so important. Come on. Speaking is sowing and it's directing. You may not see it. There's going to be a gestation time for a seed to grow. Gestation is that seed has to go in the ground. It has to die. Then it has to get moisture, cracks open, and then it grows. But a lot of times we plant seeds, but we dig them up. We plant seeds and then we automatically go back. Come on. See, we got to settle it. God's in control. God can take care of us. Come on, God can take care of us. It doesn't matter who's president. God can take care of us. He loves us. 
and he has great things in store for us. Come on, that's what you need to wake up every morning. God's got great things in store for me today. Favor ain't fair. You need to write that. My pastor taught us that. Favor ain't fair. Favor ain't fair. Man, you need to write that and put it on your icebox. Favor ain't fair. It just ain't. <laughs> so we're fixing to start this year off. Right. We have no agenda here. We don't ask you to come and join our church. No, we just want to follow Jesus and what he wants to do. So we're going to sing this song and then Destin will close us out in prayer. But you're in a room with just Jesus. This altar's open. And there's things, just like Ivy said this morning, there's some things that you just might need to leave at Jesus' feet. Here's what I want to do. I want to throw a little curveball here, call it audible. If you need to write something down and wad it up, can I get a trash can back there Tyler brought up here? There may be some hurt, some offense. There may be something that you need to just write it down and you need to bring and, and put it in this trash can. And you need to start the year off leaving it. Thank you for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. If you would like to give towards our ministry, there are giving options available at dcctx.church. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.